This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. One of the basic things of mankind as man has ever done back through prehistory was the preparation and the sharing of food with his fellow man. And it's just it's just something you do and it's something that keep it easy. Don't don't get stressed over it, you know? That's what I always try and that's what I always try and teach people. Hi, my name is Miriam Shahid and you're listening to That's Food. That's Food is a podcast from CGSR, Edmonton's campus and community radio station, handmade with love by University of Alberta students, telling the backstory to food in Edmonton, one meal at a time. There are different dietary preferences in existence, but only a few take initiative to create delicious food for their diet preference. Our guest today is one of those people. As many of you have noticed, veganism is on the rise. A vegan or plant-based diet excludes all animal products, including meat, dairy, and eggs. You're probably wondering now, what do people eat on a vegan diet? Salad? Lettuce? Both? Well, actually, there are restaurants that offer vegan dishes that even meat lovers will enjoy. In this episode, I spoke with Martin Flint, a vegan chef who learned his trade at Padmanati, to learn more about how he makes different vegan meats that appeal to even non-vegans. What foods did you love growing up? I met vegetarianism probably 25 or 30 years ago, but growing up, I I enjoyed the food that that my dad put on the table in front of me. Um, I enjoyed the standard thing, chocolate and sweets or candy as you call it here um ice cream um but as far as sort of uh, staples concerned i always i mean i'm english we like chips uh, potato chips fries you know and and one of the great delicacies was uh, uh beans on toast <laughs> baked beans on toast that was nice uh, and i also loved what's called a chip butty a butty is a sandwich so it's basically two slices of white bread and butter with fries and ketchup squashed in between them um and i i enjoyed no i enjoyed lots of vegetables as well my dad was a was an avid gardener so we always had fresh vegetables and uh, i ate meat as a child um chicken mostly my mother got a job when i was very young my mother got a job working in oxford where i'm from uh, one of the one of the uh, the butchers the the uh, purveyors of of game and uh, in in the covered market in oxford and she used to when times were hard in the in this shop she used to get paid in kind and she'd bring home pheasant and quail and and grouse and we it was really strange some of the things that we used to eat i, I had a very varied diet growing up i was never finicky i always ate what i was given so when did you decide to become a chef and particularly a vegan chef? Right back to square one. Uh, my father did all the cooking in our house. He used to say my mum would burn the water if she tried to make a cup of tea. <laughs> um, so he did all the cooking and, and I got sort of quite enthusiastic about it. But anyway, um, I'm, uh, I, I've had a checkered past um, job wise. I'm a marine engineer, a telephone engineer, an arborist and, and a chef. Um, I, my wife and I started going to Padmanadi on 96th Street in Edmonton, the vegan restaurant, um, probably ooh, too many years ago now in a previous lifetime. Um, we, we just sort of fell into the habit of going regularly. We ended up helping and uh, 
Kasim, the owner, was going off to Indonesia for a few months and he asked me to look after the place. When I came back, I, I quit my day job as an arborist and went to work for him full time. And I gradually started cooking more and more. And with his help and encouragement, um, Kasim's help, the owner and his daughter, Maya, uh, Maya Paramitha, um, they sort of, they were great. You know, they encouraged me a lot. So I started cooking more and more and then eventually I ended up as a full-time chef there. Uh, and then I sort of went a little bit more casual and it, it's the sort of place it's very egalitarian. Um, you'll find the owner washing up or cooking, uh, you know, washing dishes. There's no sort of job demarcation there. And, and I just sort of did a bit of everything. And uh, so I ended up, I, I gradually ended up as a chef. It wasn't, I didn't train or anything. Well, I trained at the wok. How's that? That's the best way to put it. What is the biggest myth about cooking plant-based foods that you encounter? I think one of the biggest myths, I always tell people, don't be scared of tofu. They seem to, if you, if you put a block of tofu, when I've done some cooking demonstrations in the past, if I put a block of tofu in front of them, they sort of go like a, a deer caught in the headlamps. You know, they sort of, I don't know, they, they look scared of it. And I always say, if you work out dollar for dollar, pound for pound, how much that block of tofu costs compared to a same size piece of prime rib. Okay. You mess up the tofu. You've lost three bucks. You know what I mean? And then keep trying. Keep trying. Um, one of the myths is that there is nothing to cook. That's one of the, what, what on earth do you eat? What do you cook? Do you eat soup? Do you have vegetable soup every other meal interspersed with pasta and tomatoes, tomato sauce and, uh, and French fries and salad? There's this idea that, that a plant-based diet is very, very restricted, um, but it's not. I, I probably, most people who eat meat and fish probably um, eat all oh, one of probably 10 different varieties of fish or meat. I probably eat one or any number of hundreds, hundreds of different plants. You know, um, it's, it's not difficult. It's, it, and the, I, there should be no mystique. There should be no mystery put around it. There should be no mystery. I, I, I don't like this idea of the, the cult of celebrity chefs. I don't like this idea. I mean, you're cooking food. One of the basic things of mankind as man has ever done back through prehistory was the preparation and the sharing of food with his fellow man. And it's just, it's just something you do. And it's something that keep it easy. Don't, don't get stressed over it. You know, that's what I was trying. That's what I was trying to teach people. So I want to talk about how you veganize non-vegan food. Okay. Um, so the other day I was watching a vegan YouTuber and she did a what I eat in a day video where she shows her full meals for that yeah. day. And she went to this restaurant in Amsterdam that served um, vegan sushi and the smoked salmon was actually made out of tomatoes. And I thought that was oh, wow. very interesting. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering, is there a common ingredient or base ingredient that goes into vegan meats or is it completely up to your imagination? I, I think it is. It should be up to your imagination. It, it isn't normally up to people's imagination. They, as, as I said, they tend to get a bit phased and a bit scared of it. Um, one of the standard ingredients, luckily, I am not gluten intolerant and I, I, I certainly sympathize with people who are. I, I'm not gluten intolerant, so I use a lot of vital wheat gluten. Um, I, it's, it forms basically seitan, which is what we call wheat meat. There are two different varieties that we use in the restaurant, mainly in the restaurant in Pabanadi, we use a soy based, 
which is uh, which is a soy protein. I tend at home. I tend to use uh, a wheat-based protein, the Vital Wheat Gluten. It's just you take any flour and it's made up of starch and protein. If you if you produce a dough, I can I make seitan at home from ordinary um, wheat flour. You basically make a dough and you just keep kneading it and washing it under cold running water, and eventually it gets smaller and smaller as all the starch gets washed out and all you're left with is the protein. And it's like a, an elastic rubbery sort of um, the substance, I suppose you could call it. And that is what basically goes into wheat meat. Uh, but, but tofu, I mean, I make a, a yerky. It's a yam jerky. I, I take uh, sweet potatoes and I take thin slices of them. I prick them with forks and I marinate them and then I dehydrate them. Um, there is, it's endless. I make sausages. I make um, burgers out of seitan. Um, there's nothing, there's basically nothing that you can't veganize. I, I do a different recipes for, for um, seitan or vegan chicken, uh, ham, using food colorings and, and well, different colorings to, uh, to get that sort of pink color. Um, I use, you know, you can use tofu, uh, tempeh is, is, is is very misunderstood product but there's, there's nothing as, as soon as you as soon as you switch to a plant-based diet the world is your vegan oyster let's say yeah i'm actually glad you mentioned turning wheat into um into protein because a lot of people wanting to try vegan food are concerned where they'd get protein right the, the, the stock questions where do you get your protein and then they go uh, vitamin d b12 uh, what's the others? What's the other ones? Oh, there, there's lots of different things, you know. You you go back, you ask any doctor, you go to any hospital, or certainly ask any GP, and I don't think anyone has ever treated anyone for protein deficiency. The the, the standard American diet, the, the guidelines in, in, uh, in the American diet many, many years ago was that you should get 30% uh, of your daily calorie intake should be protein. That is ridiculous. Now they've come down to, you need about 5 to 10% in your diet and everything. If you take, there, there, there's a very good author, very good um, uh, doctor, Joel Furman. And I can't remember. I can't remember the name of his book. But he says that you shouldn't use, you, when, you're, when you're looking at the, the nutrient density in food, you shouldn't use uh, a, a, a milligram or a gram because it has no bearing on 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 weight on weight loss or, or, or energy he says what you do is you look at the nutrient density per 100 calories of the food now if you take prime rib steak 100 calories of prime rib steak it has roughly five point something um, milligrams or grams of, of uh, uh, protein if you take 100 calories worth of romaine lettuce it has 11.2 uh, grams of protein so basically you've got twice as much protein per 100 calorie serving in romaine lettuce than you than you have in prime rib steak obviously 100 calories of prime rib steak is about this i don't know half the quarter of the size of a rubik's cube but uh, 100 calories worth of, of romaine lettuce is very much more filling because it's like three heads of romaine lettuce so one thing that makes vegetables different for me, it's, it's the texture, right? How do you solve that problem? How do you incorporate the texture into your vegan meats? Basically, basically what I do, I'm trying to think back to my, to my most common and popular recipe. It's, it's basically wheat gluten 
And then what I'll do is I will um, mash up some beans, any beans, black beans, kidney beans, kidney beans, well, obviously red kidney beans give a nice color. I tend to like using white beans, cannellini beans, navy beans, and I'll just mash up half a cup to I put it in with some liquid smoke and some nutritional yeast. You know, I mean, every time I say new, nutritional yeast, I, I just thank whoever is up there for producing this stuff. I don't know how I do about it. Yeah, I use that as the cheese substitute. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah, I, I use it by the ton. Um, so I'll mix in vital wheat gluten and uh, uh, some olive oil, some um, liquid smoke, nutritional yeast, the chopped beans, the uh, mashed beans. And then I just put it in a pressure cooker or, or simmer it or wrap it in uh, in foil and steam it to get different textures in the meat. It's just, it's just endless ways of doing it. I mean, uh, I remember reading somewhere that they say that if you stop eating something, then it takes you about six months to a year to forget the flavor. Oh yeah, your body stops craving it. I read that too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the fact that you actually forget the flavor. So when, so when someone says to me, it tastes like chicken. I said, I don't know. I can't remember what chicken tastes like. I, I mean, I mean, I have lots of friends, and I know people through the restaurant, and and some of them, Kasim's family. Um, most of them have been uh, vegan from birth. I've known um, I've known people who have been uh, brought up in the Jain religion, and and um, and some Hindus that have been vegan or vegetarian from birth. So it's, it's pointless to say well, it tastes like chicken to them, you know. But I, no, I've forgotten what, the, what, what these foods taste like. So to me, to me, and what I always think is if, if you want to eat a beef burger, and I use the term beef loosely in burgers, but if, and I want to eat a seitan burger, if you're enjoying it and I'm enjoying it, so be it. You know, I, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to replicate. I, I try to replicate the, the texture and the flavor of meat insofar as I, I would like people to stop eating meat. And I don't know if you know uh, uh, Sir Paul McCartney's uh, late wife, Linda McCartney. She, she was a, a, a vegetarian, vegan. She produced a line of food. She still does. You, it's difficult to find them in Canada, but you can find them in the States and obviously in Britain. And she used to produce these burgers, the Linda McCartney burgers that were vegan, and they were more like meat. They're like the Beyond Meat burger now. And she, they used to say, well, why on earth are you producing something that tastes like meat? And she says, I want people to stop eating meat. And if I can get them, that's what I want to do. So if I can get a meat eater to eat one of my burgers and then think, oh, put a seed of thought in their, in their mind that there is an alternative, you know. And, uh, but no, you just, I mean, as far as the texture on the meat's concerned, just, just experiment, find what you like. You know, and like I've always said, if, if you know, the first couple of bashes end up in the bin or the dog, then so be it. You know, it's, uh, just keep trying and then it's an immense satisfaction when you actually get it right. So that ties up to my next question, because looking at the menu from Padmanari, even though it's vegan restaurant, you would yeah. see um, fried chicken and, and shrimp and beef uh, yeah. and so on. So what makes, I was wondering, what makes these different meats different from each other? So like how is chicken, um, vegan chicken different from vegan beef? Is it seasoning? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's the seasoning. Um, I mean, believe it or not, I think I, I, I'm probably totally wrong in some uh, experienced historian will could put me right, but the the idea of soy and fake meats, uh, soy and wheat fake meats, goes back to uh, Buddhist monks in about the eighth century, 
I mean, they, they've been around for a long, long time. When they got, they, you know, they were perhaps, perhaps they got fed up with uh, fries and salad and spaghetti and tomato sauce. But they started experimenting with these things and they invented them. Um, now, what you do is you, you you basically form the soy protein in a commercial situation. You form the soy protein and then you extrude it into long strands. It's like I said, it's a rub, it's like a very elastic um, substance. And then you reconstitute it with different seasonings. Um, I will put um, like a, a poultry seasoning in my chicken um, uh, meat. I will put, if I go in for a burger, then I'll put lots of liquid smoke in it. I'll make the chicken a lighter color. Um, I'll use some white beans in it. Um, you eat with your eyes and you taste with your nose. Uh, you know, that's the, the, that's the golden rule, isn't it? Taste is like 50% smell and 50% taste buds. And, and, and it's also what things look like. Um, but no, the, 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 these, the, these meats are donkey's years old. Now in, in the restaurant, people say, well, why do you call it chicken? Why do you call it beef? It's, we, we don't like, we get sore fingers by doing inverted commas, you know, quotes every time you say beef or chicken. And uh, I'm doing it to the screen now. And then we also don't want to put it on the menu. We, you know that if you come into Pamanadi, it's vegan. There's no animal products in the whole place, um, except the customers and the staff. But if you, if, you, uh, if you come in and you see chicken and beef, what we're doing is we're trying to approximate what it is. And if we put down, we're going to give you curried textured soy protein or TSP or TVP, it's, it doesn't look so nice on the menu. So what we're trying to do is approximate the color and the approximate taste. Now, you see, when, when we talk about chicken, that's a good point because if you took a chicken breast, I mean, I used to eat many, many well, donkeys years ago in Britain. I used to, I used to buy uh, chicken breasts. I'd take the skin off. I was a bit health conscious even in those days. And then if you put, if you, you put a chicken breast into a microwave oven, a little drop of water on a saucer and you cook it, you take that out. How many meat eaters do you know that would cut into that chicken and eat it? No salt, no pepper, no sauce. Just a, just a bare chicken breast that's been microwaved. I can't imagine that they would sit there and eat it with great, with great relish and gusto. Now, I could be sitting on the same table as them peeling a mango. Now, I'd, I'm not going to slather my mango in sauce or salt or pepper or sugar. I'm really enjoying that mango as it is. So basically, people who eat, who eat meat, the real meat, they're not eating the meat. They're eating the flavors that go with it. They're eating, they're eating the seasoning. My wife and I used to go to the Commonwealth Stadium to watch soccer and different things. And we used to go into the concession and we would buy, um, we would pay 50 cents for a hot dog bun. And then we would fill it with all the trappings, you know, on the, the, that you helped yourself to. The coleslaw and all the uh, onions and so on. And you, you didn't notice that there wasn't this meaty thing in the, in the bun with it. You know, so, so as far as, as far as, why we call them chicken and beef? It's to it's just because we try and approximate the different the different flavors, and that, that's about it, really. Do you find that most people who go to Padmanadi are vegans, or they just wanted to try vegan food? I would say that no. I would say I don't know. I think it, it could be fifty fifty. It could not. I, I mean, there, there are vegeta there are vegetarians that go, uh, and there are. But I, I would think that no. I don't know. I think on most weeks the majority of people certainly wouldn't be vegan uh, vegetarian perhaps a, a, a different matter uh, we have we have people sorry no go on what were you gonna say 
we, we have people that come in. We had one couple that used to come in and they said it was their favorite restaurant in Edmonton. And they would come in probably once every, once every two weeks. And they would, oh, they would order a shed full of food and they would take a lot of it home. And that was their favorite restaurant. But they were died in the wall meat eaters. You know, I mean, they were, but they just loved the flavor. And I used to say to them, well, great. You know, if we can, if I can stop you eating meat one day a week, I, you know, my work here is done. We get lots and lots of people come in. We, we, we had a gentleman came in the other day and he sat there looking at the menu and I knew he was a bit confused. This was one lunchtime and he's, he's looking through the menu then he closes it and opens it again. And he, uh, he called me over and he said, oh, excuse me. He said, where's the Canadian food? <laughs> Sorry. And I said, well, what, bannock and poutine, you know? <laughs> but... Um, Anyway, and, he, and I, I said, sorry, what do you mean? He said, well, burgers or steak or stuff. And I said, oh, no, I'm sorry. This is a vegetarian restaurant. I mean, he was just literally walking by and felt peckish. It was getting late. So, and he called in and I said, well, look, I said, no, stay. You know, I, 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 do you a meal? Do you like, I went through the menu with him, the ginger beef, the curry chicken. And I said, look, hand on my heart. And this is the God's honest truth. If, if, if I serve you a meal, and you genuinely don't enjoy it, then it's on the house. I will pay for it. I can't make it on the house because it's not my restaurant, but I will genuinely pay for it. And, and at the end of it, he got up and he came over and he, he came over to the, to the machine and he said, oh, looks like I'm paying and smiled, you know? And that, that, that's what I love about Pabinardi and that's what I love about when people come in there. But I would say that, I would say no. I would say that... Um, any given day, you'll probably find 50-50 or, or a majority of omnivores in there rather than vegans. Could you walk me step by step on how you would uh, approach creating a vegan version of a dish? One of the classic ones would be, uh, what about a bacon burger? You know, I mean, I would start, obviously, I'd make my own buns. Um, so the, m most, a lot of bread is vegan. If, if, if bread isn't vegan, if shop-bought bread isn't vegan, you should ask them why. You know, I mean, I, I mean, my bread, if I make sourdough bread, comes from uh, flour, water and salt. I, I use natural yeasts in, in the sourdough, but it should only ever be four ingredients, flour, uh, water, salt and yeast. So I make my own buns. Um, my wife is a keen gardener, so luckily this time of the year, we'll be eating our own tomatoes. We'll be picking our own lettuce and cucumbers out of the garden. Uh, as far as a mayo, I make my own mayo from uh, uh from oils uh obviously an egg-free mayo and then the seitan basically if i wanted to make my burgers i would get wheat gluten wheat gluten mashed white beans uh then i would put uh, uh olive oil uh water uh liquid smoke uh nutritional yeast i would put some vegan worcestershire sauce uh, you have to be careful with Worcester, Worcester sauce, we call it back home. Uh, you have to be careful with Worcester sauce because Liam Perrins and makes like that. You have to be careful that they haven't got anchovies in. Um, so I, I, I actually look for a vegan one. Safeway do a generic vegan one. Um, so I put some Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce in it, uh, some pepper, ground black pepper. And then you just mix it up into a dough, um, not too wet, not too dry. Then I, I knead it. Then I roll it roll it out and then cut it into and try and shape it into burgers. It is, it's, a, it's a very strange substance. It's very elastic, very rubbery. And then I shape it into burgers, put it in an instant pot, put it in my instant pot um, 
uh, pressure cooker, put it with some stock made out of soy sauce, a bit of instant, uh, the smoke, liquid smoke and some water. And then I'll just cook it in the instant pot, take them out. And then you press them like you do tofu to get the water out of them. Just put them between two boards. And then the bacon you make out of, um, out of uh, rice paper. You know the, the rolls that you would use for making salad rolls? Yeah, the clear ones. Yeah, the clear ones. Yeah. And you basically, um, you soak them, you double strength, you soak them, and you make a marinade, and that, that's liquid smoke again, soy sauce, uh, nutritional yeast, olive oil, and you put it in a dish. You cut these and you cut the, 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 the hydrated uh, rice paper strips you run them through the i'm doing the actions here you can't see me you run you run them through the marinade shake it off and then you put them onto some uh, parchment paper put them into strips and then you put them in the oven at about 425 degrees fahrenheit i use a toaster oven um, 425 degrees fahrenheit for about seven or eight minutes and it bubbles up and it goes crispy around the edges. You take them out, put the next batch in, and that is, that's your bacon. And it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, it really is. I mean, I fed it to people and it's, uh, it's just bacon, you know. And then, yeah. I, then I'd sort of, you know, I have the bun, I have the homemade mayo, I have the lettuce, tomato, cucumber. Um, I, I sometimes put relish, just shop-bought relish in, but, um, you know, the cucumber relish. Uh, we've got our own pickles that we pickle ourselves, and then that's it. That's your burger. You've got yourself a mush uh, bacon burger. It's 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 easy, but the thing is, it's it's fun. It's it's fun because you. I, I think in life you have to achieve things, and it's the, it's the things that you achieve that give you the most satisfaction. If you just if you just open a packet and throw it on the stove, and you know, you, and and people always say. Quick, throw your dinner in the microwave so you can get off and do something. Do what? There's nothing more fundamental than cooking, like I've said, you know. The thing is now, obviously, there's been this incredible upsurge in, uh, certainly in home baking. I mean, it was amazing. Uh, after the crisis hit, um, I mean, it was, never mind the toilet roll, it was the, it was the, the flour. You know, I couldn't get hold of bread flour. You couldn't get hold of yeast for loving the money. I've, I've, been using, I've been using sourdough starters anyway, so I didn't need the yeast. And then I thought at the end of this crisis, whether it takes one year, two years, or whatever, how many months or years it takes, you're going to have people's pantries stocked with out-of-date yeast and flour. You know, they, 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 they sort of panic by, um, but, but you make time. You know, if, if you can't make time, if you have to do something, you have to be somewhere, then obviously you can do things quickly. But you can still do them, you know, with, uh, vegan food. I mean, what have you got? Instant noodles, packet of instant noodles. You know, there's nothing quicker than that. And throw some seasonings in and you, a little sachet of dried vegetables or buy dried vegetables, you know, dry them yourself. I make, uh, I make, um, I have a dehydrator and I make um, um, different seasonings. I, I, any vegetables, I go down through the fridge, find stuff that's getting a little bit, you know, not too long to go. And I just chop it up, put it in the dehydrator, put it in my Nutribullet and I've got um, vegetable powder. And I use that as a stock. I use that as a seasoning. I, I hate I hate wasting things, you know. Oh, excuse me. I hate wasting. What do you think has changed in the vegan culinary scene since you started out 
as opposed to how it is now. Oh, it's changed beyond recognition. It's like I said, you get so many more places. They're becoming more amenable. They're becoming more open to, to veganism. It's not, you don't have to hide your light under a bushel. You know, now it's loud and proud. I'm vegan on my t-shirt, you know? Um, I think, I think that there are more restaurants. Um, there are more restaurants that are offering vegan alternatives. Uh, there are more, more hotels are, are offering more sort of vegan food in their dining rooms. Um, some friends of ours used to go to the hotel McDonald once a month first for supper. And uh, they used to phone and say they're both vegan. Both I know them through Pabinardi as customers through Pabinardi, and they used to phone uh, the hotel and and say that they were coming and they'd book a table, and could they have their vegan meal? And the chefs used to come out and talk to them, and they said they used to they used to wait with bated breath for their call because they loved it. They loved doing something different. You know, and the chefs used to love it. And they used to, and one of the chefs, after they'd been there two or three times, one of the chefs called him back and completely out of the blue about a week before they were due to go to discuss the menu. Would they like this? Would they like that? You know, and so that has changed a lot. I think the main thing is now, the bottom line is that more and more restaurants are offering vegan food, vegan alternatives. You don't have to go in and have a, a spaghetti and tomato sauce. You don't have to go and have fries and a salad. Um, you know, you could. You don't have to have the the meat and three veg, but leave leave the meat off. You know, no more and more. And then, of course, more and more shops. More and more. I mean, if you if you if you drink beer and wine, there are more and more. Guinness went vegan. Now, why on earth would Guinness go vegan? There was no reason to, other than the. I mean, Guinness is like a multinational, uh, multinational corporation, who's who's in the job to make beer, to make money by making beer, and uh, if you see what I mean. So why would they go vegan? Because they know that there's a market out there, and more and more people are going vegan. But no, it's becoming way more acceptable. More and more people are becoming more and more health conscious, especially young people. Uh, and I think that's that's what's changed over the certainly over the 20 years, 21 years that I've been in Canada. Now it's time for a snack fact. Have you ever wondered where the word vegan came from? Well, towards the end of World War II, the co-founder of the Vegan Society came up with the word. He was basically inspired by the word vegetarian and took the first three letters and the last two from vegetarian. Simple, right? This snack fact was sourced from bbc.co.uk. And that's it for this episode of That's Food. Today's episode was produced by me, Miriam Shahid. Special thanks to Martin Flint for speaking with me today. Our music is by Doug Hoyer, and you can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And on our website, that's food.transistor.fm. You can contact us at that's food at cjsr.com. We are also that's food cjsr on Facebook and Instagram. That's food is produced at CJSR in Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. But is it food? That's food. <laughs>